Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever podcast of the National Aging in Place Council. This is the NAIPC podcast, and I am here with my co-host, Tara Ballman. Tara Ballman, how are you today? I am doing great, Ryan. How are you today? Doing good. You're, you're over on the left coast. I'm over on the right coast, and smack in the middle is Gina Knight of Castle Keeper. Uh, Gina is in Chicagoland. How are you, Gina? Good morning. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So this is the first one. Might be a little turbulence with going back and forth on everything with Zoom. And then we've got your lighting. You look spectacular. Everything's going smoothly. Tell us about yourself, Castle Keeper, and how you got involved with uh, your business. So uh, thank you. And uh, so yeah, I'm Gina Knight. I'm the president of Castle Keeper. Um, I started my company about three years ago. And the whole reason I started the company is really uh, based on kind of um, obviously helping seniors. My two parents are in that age category. And it was important to take my expertise and my years of working in the field to help the senior community. So um, I have 30 plus years of experience in both project management and construction. And it's a huge um, a reason of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I'm able to go into any senior's home and redesign it and create all the home modifications that are necessary for someone to stay safe in their home. Um, I've also have a certification for a certified aging in place specialist, which as you may or may not know is also done through the Home Builders Association. And it's a uh, certification on working specifically with seniors, as well as redesigning and creating all those modifications specifically for um, their safety. Well, I have to imagine things must be pretty busy for you right now with so many people not going into nursing homes and assisted livings and trying to make yes. it work at home. How's yes, the last agreed. 12 months been with, with COVID and your business and managing those kind of uh, navigating those waters? Um, yes, actually, um, interestingly enough, with the pandemic, it has uh, added a new level of uh, awareness, I guess I would call it, on how important really the value of your home is to anyone. Um, and that and that's above and beyond just a senior. Think about it. Um, you specifically, Tara, both of you have realized how important things are in your home just to navigate a daily basis that never we've never thought about. And people who are older are navigating that home 24-7. Um, you and I were used to coming in and out of our homes and we didn't necessarily, uh, I guess in some ways we took for granted things were fine. Uh, we're, we're kind of doing sound bites of our home. Older adults are there 24-7. So it's so important that um, things are operating properly and things are a safe environment for them. Um, but with the pandemic, what that has added an additional layer to is them being really 100% in their homes. Like they can't go to the library. They can't go to meet their friends for tea. Um, so it is a whole new awareness of how important it is that things are safe for their environment. Um, because going to senior living communities, um, now it's starting to open up a little bit with the vaccine, but for the last, we'll call it 10, 11 months, um, the last thing you ever would think of doing was going to a senior living community because 
you were afraid that you were going to get locked out from your family. And that, of course, was very scary to everyone. It would be scary if one of my parents were there. But I do have friends that did deal with that. And it's it's just heartbreaking that they were not even able to see their family members, touch their family members. And I mean, that a, a big part of that is still going on. Hopefully in the near future, um, those who do choose to go to a senior living community or need to if they have memory issues, of course, for their safety. Um, you know, it'll be a little more inviting and a little more um, at ease to go there. So hopefully with the vaccine that that changes things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, teaching in place council, we always had such a hard time explaining to people the importance of planning and, and planning to age in place. But now that everyone is aging in place and working in place and trying to survive in place, people just get it a little bit more in the importance of planning. I couldn't agree more. One of the biggest messages that I do, I do a ton of presentations to senior communities, senior centers, libraries, you name it. And one of the things, or one of the very uh, first things that I say is you have to have a plan. And, you know, it sounds like a really simple thing. You have to have a plan. But the reality is none of us plan. I will tell you that probably 95% or more of the clients that we service are during a crisis mode. And I can't stress enough how important it is to have a plan. Um, you know, I've even said to like some of the senior communities, one of the things I always say when we do presentations as NEIPC is print out a list of who you just heard speak. We send them a list of all of the members from our Chicagoland chapter and say, keep a folder because you're gonna to wanna to know who these people are, maybe not today, but probably in the near future. And once you hit that crisis mode, you wanna be able to think clearly because we all know that during crisis mode, nobody thinks clearly. Yeah, so what is the one thing that comes up the most that people are the most unprepared for that you find? Maneuvering and getting safely in and out of their bathrooms. Mm. Because, you know, think about it. Since you were a young kid, you're doing the same ritual, right? Um, typically, it's going in and out of maybe a tub area. Even though you're showering, not necessarily taking a bath, um, you're still lifting up and over into that tub area. And as we age, we don't necessarily think about the fact that maybe someday I won't be able to do that. So if people could think about that, again, in advance with a plan versus mom or dad fell getting in or out of the tub, how do I instantly create a no threshold shower area? And then of course I'm called to bring out my magic wand and make that all happen, um, which is great. I have a great team that we do all you know that, but it doesn't happen nearly as fast as I would like it to, and maybe as the family would like it to. And if we could just plan in advance, life would be a lot less stressful. You know, I was, it was funny. I was doing a one-to-one -one before this and uh, the gentleman, I, I, I don't know if you do exactly the same thing. He was doing uh, stair lifts and, and things like that. Is that something you do? Sure. We do all of those things. All correct. Right. Anything that would keep them safe in the home, we do. So um, again, my whole background is in construction. So um, I'm looking, when I'm doing a plan for a client, one of the things that I look at, which is very differently, like I often do videos too about tips and things like that for families to think about. And one of the recent videos I did was, please don't call a guy. Um, everybody thinks they have a guy. The problem with a guy coming to your home, A, you're sending them to your, you know, older adults, uh, 
parents. Uh, secondly, um, they're not going to look at things from an aging perspective. So one of the very things that we do very differently here at Castle Keeper is we make sure that our plan includes what's this home going to look like from now for the next 10, 20 years. So kind of what the age category is of my client, what the plan is, how long they plan to stay there based on their age, their illnesses, their mobility, whatever the situation may be. And I'm looking at it from a broader standpoint because at the end of the day, I need to keep the value of that home. So any change that I make cannot be so um, centered to, let's say their favorite color is bright pink, not necessarily the best choice from a resale value in the future for that home. So I look at things from a bigger picture, which is what are we going to do with that home in the future? And what's its resale value going to be? Because at the end of the day, that person might need that um, equity from that home for their long-term care. So I'm looking at it from a totally different perspective. And that's what I think is so important and so different from hiring, quote unquote, a guy, let alone the things of insurance and um, just the reviews on the person, et cetera, et cetera. We work exclusively with seniors. Well, one of the, the other issues that I've come across personally that with, with being uh, not in the senior category is when you hire just a guy as well, just a guy can just as quickly disappear. You know, there's no, mm -hmm. there when you like over, over in, uh, in my neck of the woods of Boston, that there's a very large population that does um, hardwood flooring. And it's just a guy and like two or three members of his crew that come in and as quickly as they go, once they're gone, they're gone forever. You're, you're never going to see them again. Right. Well, when you have an established name like you do, and there's uh, marketing behind that and branding behind that, if there's an issue or if something needs to be uh, redone or re-looked at, there's Adjusted, a way to, right. yeah, there's a way to have that process in place versus it being kind of a quickly come, quickly go kind of situation. Well, as you both know, I mean, at least here in our area, and I'm sure it happens where you're located as well, you'll see on the local news, um, you know, it's it's typically several times a week where you'll hear about a family who was quote unquote scammed, you know, where they gave a, a, a company, a guy, um, a deposit, and he's nowhere to be found. You know, and that's another big, you know, value that we add to the family is, you know, you're going to have somebody who's going to take care of your mom and dad. You know, I, I often say that I become kind of like a surrogate daughter to a lot of these families because they know I'm somebody they can trust. And that's a huge thing for them. And I'm a lot less threatening than some guy coming into their home to, quote unquote, sell them something. I'm there as, as an extended family member who's going to help them get through this situation that is not necessarily an easy one. Um, you know, just having, having, you know, your own parents think about it, admit that their health is failing or that things that they used to be able to do, they can no longer do at ease. And I mean, heck, I realized how, you know, my own eyes are failing. So, I mean, as we age, unfortunately, things start to break down. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, when people use, all of us, I think, got into the senior space because of personal experiences of taking sure. care of our family. So it's so nice to let other people learn from our mistakes. Don't make the mistakes <laughs> be made because I've made certainly enough of them in the past. So Of course, um, as we all do. Yeah. And you guys, we were talking a little bit before we started about where you're located in Chicago and you're in Chicago land. 
So I'm curious what that means. Well, Chicago land isn't exactly a, a well-defined area. So um, Chicago, as you know, Chicago proper is a huge you know, city. But Chicago land, when you refer to Chicago land, that's really Chicago proper and the surrounding suburbs. Uh, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. So, so in theory, I really live in Boston land because I'm <laughs> I'm two towns away from Boston proper, and I, I that that always I mean I'm going to go on a rant, but whatever. I never understood why we didn't just call Chicago and all the the and the same thing with Boston. Why make them all these small little cities and towns? I know. They're all just one big giant Boston, and you know that's the way. Well, it to is. this day, if somebody says where are you from, of course I say Chicago. Um, but however, I could personally get away with that because I was born and raised in Chicago. So I was born in Chicago proper and lived there till I was 18 when my parents moved to uh, Indiana. But I now live in the Chicagoland suburbs. Well, that's that, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, Chicagoland, I'm going to start saying that Boston land. Um, uh, now, one question I have is, is that um, you're, you're an existing member in the NAIPC. This is the NAIPC podcast. So I guess we probably should talk about this. How are you seeing that there's an alignment there with the NAIPC and Castle Keeper and your kind of views on uh, aging in place and, and kind of how have you, what's your, been your experience with the NAIPC and kind of working in conjunction with growing your business and giving back? Well, I will tell you, um, uh, when I started the Chicagoland chapter uh, just over a year ago, literally one year ago, um, it made sense for me to get involved with NEIPC simply because we specifically are an age-in-place company um, and we're trying to make uh, people safe at home. We do provide other services, um, which is so important as well because we get involved with the family and then we continue the journey with the family. So we always say we're a friend and family for life. And what that means is should, you know, home no longer be their, their home for life, um, we will also transition them into a senior living community and make sure that they align with the right professionals, whether it be a legal team for any documents and things they might need. It could be caregiving. It could be, um, a, a senior or certified senior advisor who's also going to uh, help with us as part of that team to select the right community based on who my client is. Um, and I stay involved from start to finish simply because um, it's important to me that they um, receive the same care that I provide here at Castle Keeper. So it's very, very important to me. So when I started the chapter, what I thought was important is developing the right team of professionals that we're going to work collectively regardless regardless of what that um, client or seniors needs might be. And I must tell you that since we've started the, especially the, the whole education process of it, um, when we go out and speak, I'm always amazed as a team when we're out there talking. And of course this was wonderful when we were doing it in person, but now we're still doing it on Zoom. But I'm always amazed at how many seniors are not familiar with all the various um, verticals out there in terms of the services that are actually provided. Like I'm always amazed that they don't realize there's caregivers out there that can help them with those daily uh, things that they need done. And I don't know why I'm still surprised, but it um, it's interesting how there's such a need for the education of what's available to them. I totally agree. I When, when I first bought 
Minute Women, I knew nothing about senior care and I thought nursing homes were competitors. So, I mean, like it shows you <laughs> if you're not, yeah, e right. you know, it's so easy to be in your bubble and we're all in the same bubble of right. senior care and being like, how don't you know about this? How do you know I'm not right? But exactly. if, you, if you put me into like airplane maintenance, I'd be like, I have no idea that this works this way. And somebody else would be looking at me like I have two heads. Like, how don't right. you know this works? So yeah, it's a, it's a huge problem and it's very, it's it's a two-pronged problem as as I'm preaching to the choir where you're you're needing to educate two different sets of people where you need to educate the busy adult children as well as the uh, senior themselves. So it's really a one-two sales punch or informational punch. It's very mm -hmm. difficult to do. What I love is uh, when we do get involved with the adult children, um, just to see the relief on their face that they have a trusted partner that can help them through this because, you know, a lot of times um, the adult children are in a higher stress level with mom or dad because there's all these underlying issues that may have been going on for their whole lives. And then when we get involved, we're like this breath of fresh air. And then what's actually kind of funny is when I could say, you know, mom or dad, I really do think um, we should spend the money and we should redo the bathroom and here's why, blah, 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 blah. The adult, the, you know, the mom or dad agrees with you, right? And the adult children are standing there going, I've been saying that for six months. And every time I bring it up, they fight me and you say it once, and all of a sudden it's like a new idea. <laughs> so um, it's kind of tough to be on that receiving end from the adult children because they're you know, wanting to uh, strangle mom or dad simply because they've been trying to make these same efforts and could not get through to them. But I think it helps when they have somebody who's a professional who's been doing this and they understand. And I guess I, I develop a totally different relationship with mom or dad than of course the adult children are doing. Sure. I'm just so excited by our conversation this morning because you are a new member on our board of directors and Ryan is a new member on our national board of directors, also the, the chair of uh, Massachusetts and you're the chair of Chicagoland and it's just really exciting to see everyone come together on our shared mission and our energy for educating seniors and and family. So I do have some questions. I prepared some questions. Um, oh, no. Not the same list that I had yesterday for the professional truth or dare session that we had. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I learned something about Ryan I didn't know. <laughs> Everyone did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the question I had for you is really, what is the one question that you wish someone would ask you? Um. You know, I have a lot of friends and uh, professional relationships and colleagues, and I wish more people would ask me in advance how to prepare with their mom and dad, because enough people don't ask me that. Like I said, um, they all call me during their crisis, um, and, you know, it's, it's a friend of a friend of a friend calling me, whatever it might be, and that's wonderful. But gosh darn it, it would really be so um, so much of a breath of fresh air if more people would call me in advance with how, how do I prepare for mom and dad? And it all goes back to that planning process and education of 
really what aging in place is all about. And that's why I think the platform for NEIPC is just so amazing because it's really, it's going to take off to a point where it's going to be the talk of the talk and think about it. Think about how many people are aging on a daily basis. You know, the ratio is 10,000 baby boomers turn 65 every day. There is going to be a massive amount of older people here um, across the U.S. And they have to start listening. I mean, government needs to start listening. Um, uh, you know, just in one of our board meetings, our first board meeting, um, thank you. I'm very pleased to be on the board as well. Thank you. Um, one of the most important things is the, the woman from Las Vegas talking about um, talking with the government structure. And I think that's going to be a huge um, uh part of how NEIPC will become successful as an organization on communicating from, I'll call it from the top down, because as we all know, we, we still in some way, shape or form um, hear it from the top down from the government in our individual cities. And if the cities also learn more about what NEIPC is and how we are vetted professionals to help their aging population, it's going to keep those tax dollars in their community. And that's a big part of what they're going to want. So I think that's part of the message that we have to communicate to the individual cities throughout the Chicagoland area, as well as your areas, is that there's a reason we're out here and there's a reason we're here to help and educate the seniors and get the right resources versus a guy. You know, people talk about even um, caregiving. So they talk about, oh, you know, it's expensive to contact a caregiver, blah, blah, blah. These companies charge X amount of dollars. Um, but if you were to just hire some person off the street, you know, think about the risks involved in that. You talk about theft or someone taking advantage of your loved one. This is all goes back into a big circle of why it's so important to have the backing of this organization and how we educate and how we help you get the right resources for whatever your need might be. And that could be today, tomorrow, and in the future. So I really think that the strength of the organization will start with that government connection as well. I agree. And I love that you're always posting educational videos on LinkedIn. I love seeing yeah. videos. And it's my story of the week every Wednesday morning. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to start sharing them uh, through our group pages as well. <laughs> yeah. So other than the Aging in Place Council, do you kind of have a go-to? Obviously, we can supply so many resources to professionals and families, but do you have any other resources that are kind of your go-to when families uh, come to you with questions? Um, do you mean like other professional um, networking groups? Just things that help you in your professional life just to serve your seniors better. Well, um, one of the things that we do is we also provide a service where we will take responsibility for gathering the professionals to create the trusted network team based on what that individual needs. So as I mentioned, I have a lot of um, partnerships with um, elder law attorneys, um, uh, certified senior advisors, caregiving companies, um, home health companies, um, even financial planners. You know, a big part of aging in place is having the right financial resources. So even with developing the team of professionals that we have in NAIPC, um, I have relationships with these people because I pull them into um, a team approach for any of our clients. Um, you know, at uh, our Chicago Island chapter, you know, we have 
have um, a great uh, pool of people that are involved. Um, we have an audiologist who is mobile. I mean, how great is that? You know, someone who actually goes to your home and does these things for you. Um, you know, we have Caption Call, which is obviously, um, you know, a, a wonderful source for somebody who's hard of hearing. Um, so there's just so many wonderful resources that we have. But a big part of what we do is create that team on behalf of the family and structure and kind of educate them and walk them through the process of what all they may have not thought about. Because again, remember, they're not necessarily even thinking about what a, a POA is. You know, they just, they just are not. And it's, it's sad, but um, that's, that's a, a big part of what we also provide and who we pool involvement with. That's great. I can certainly feel your passion as you're yeah. talking. Um, yesterday, we found out Ryan was a spear fisherman. So anything interesting about you personally? What do you do in your spare time? What's your Well, I, I have very little spare time. Um, I have been a single mom my whole life. So um, my son is graduating from college uh, in the spring. So in May. So I will be, um, I will be rich because I will no longer have a college payment. Um, he has gone to private school from kindergarten on. Um, so I don't know what my newfound hobby will be, but I'm sure it'll be very exciting um, because I will no longer have a school payment. Nice, it's like getting a raise. It is, it's gonna be a huge one. <laughs> it's time for him to fly. <laughs> I was gonna say, you, you should, you should, uh... Uh, take a 10% net cut of everything he makes for the next five to 10 years. Be I like, would agree hey. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a happy day when it's done. Excellent. Well, then, then Tara, do you have anything else with our first podcast? Were there any other questions on your, your, your list for Gina? Oh, I had a lot of questions, but I'll be nice about it. So <laughs> no truth or dares. <laughs> no truth or dare. Although yesterday everyone picked truth and I would have not done that, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have picked, Gina? Truth or dare? I probably would have picked truth as well, out of fear what the heck the dare would have been. <laughs> well, then I'll give you one last question as your truth. Oh, what, is your, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Oh, boy. Um professionally how about that yeah professionally um yeah narrow that down right um hmm. gosh um I give you a hard one yeah that is a hard one geez um well here I'll let you think for a minute I'll okay, tell you, you I'll tell you mine I know what okay. mine is professionally okay so when I took over minute women I was full of energy and I thought I was going to take over the world. I was so gung-ho and I went and thought that if I just spent lots of money and I mean lots of money on traditional advertising, I advertised, I bought a billboard, I bought a, wow. one, I bought uh, advertising in the big mall. I even changed my phone number for a ridiculous amount of money. So it said 1-800-HOME-CARE. And I thought if I did all that and just blitzed it with money, that I would just get so much business and it did not work out. I fell so flat on my face and had to learn the hard way that this business is referrals, it's relationships, and it's, uh, it is a uh, war of attrition, not a sprint to the finish line. That was a big learning lesson for me. 
Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, a lot of people do that, unfortunately. I uh, I did go about this um, a totally different way and took baby steps and made hopefully some really good decisions along the way. Um, I wish that I could, um, uh, like you say, grow faster. And that's the one thing that I have tried to do. There are some professionals out there that I would love on my team. And um, I fear that they won't be available to me in the future when I need them. Um, but um, yeah, it is a slow process, that is for sure. My biggest failure, I blew an interview once. I had my heart set on this job, I completely blew it because I was focused on what I wanted and not what my customer wanted. And so that <laughs> forever changed my view of every conversation, what can I give them not? Oh, I have done that same exact thing. Um, I was young and stupid <laughs> and very green and did a very similar thing and walked out all confused like why why don't they get it and it had to dawn on me to go oh it wasn't about me yeah that yeah. Was hard yeah i was probably about 26 27 my first interview out of college, I interviewed with a company called APC, and they're known for making uh, battery backups for computers and, and oh, things yeah, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they're located in Rhode Island, so close to me. And I remember being in my crappy dorm room, you know, ready to leave college. And they're like, so why do you want to work for APC? And my response was, because I need a job. <laughs> Which couldn't have been a worse response if you you had come up with it, and I and they were like, okay, thank you, we'll be in touch, and I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you soon, and never heard back. Yeah, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. Live and learn. Yes, yes. Well, excellent. Well, it feels like this is a perfect time to wrap things up and uh, and and get through this before we start sharing more embarrassing stories that will be recorded and uploaded to the internet forever. Um, Gina, thank you so much for being a part of the NAIPC podcast. How do people reach out to you if they're interested? What are the ways to get in touch? Um, anyway, so our website is castlekeeperllc.com, and that's castle with a K. Um, my email is Gina, G-I-N-A, at castlekeeperllc.com, or you could just call my cell at 312-446-6133. Awesome. That's great. Tara, any last words for the, last po for the first podcast? Not the last one, the first one. The first and the last <laughs> podcast. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this was a lot of fun, Gina. I think you were the perfect first guest at our first board meeting. You took a little jab at Ryan, and I was like, yes, she is going to be the first guest on this podcast. <laughs> so Little did I know I was being set up for that, right? Right. <laughs> so it was fun. This was great. Well, excellent. Thank you again, Gina. And thank you all for listening so much to the first of many podcasts of the NAIPC. Uh, we look forward to uh, having you listen to the next one and we will catch you on the next one. Have a great day.